Hello and welcome to the Praise Center Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, visit PraiseCenterOnline.com. Last week we talked about worship and the idea that we can prepare for a greater manifestation of the God's presence among us through worship. And, and so we're going to continue that theme really all the way through Christmas. And, uh, and it's something that the Lord has laid on my heart even for the new year of just, uh, of just drawing close to God, worshiping Him, and, and just expecting great things as we do that. And so today I want to look at what we call Mary's Song. And that's the title of my message today. So open your Bibles to Luke chapter 1. In verse 46, and we'll read that text in a few moments. Think this through with me, though. Right after the angel who had announced that uh, she would have a son, right after that angel left her, Mary, uh, the Bible tells us, hurried to the house of her cousin, Elizabeth. And it's interesting how, how this worked into that family line there, that, that John uh, would be born, John the, who became the, John the Baptist, would be born of Elizabeth, and these two are cousins, and it's, it's a really a cool thing. But uh, So she goes to visit the house of her cousin, and um, more than likely, she was so amazed by this angelic visitation and the message that she had received that she had to go, because uh, the, the angel had told her, your, your cousin Elizabeth, your relative Elizabeth, is in her sixth month. And so I almost feel like Mary was sort of like, i got to see for myself kind of a thing. Wouldn't you think that too, in that moment? Like, oh, I want to go see. And she, she, she understands as she goes, that, that, and she gets there, and of course, Elizabeth is indeed six months pregnant. And so when she greets Elizabeth, when she shows up at the door, I don't know whether she said her name, or there was some word of greeting that they would use, or whatever, but immediately, the baby that was in Elizabeth's womb le- just began to leap, began to just jostle around, if you will. And... Um, and so, obviously, being six months pregnant, she had felt the baby move before, but this was something different. This was a violent, almost reaction. That's a, not, probably not the best word, but an excited reaction to the voice of Mary, who's at the door. And so, this, this really, uh, and John is reacting to the, the mother of the, because he's the forerunner of Jesus, he's reacting to Jesus. And I, I think this is important to understand that babies. Uh, you know, that we understand this scientifically nowadays, but really even in the Bible here, we see that babies are more aware even in the womb than we would uh, give them credit for a lot of times of what's going on in the atmosphere around the home. And, and in this case, just hearing, he, you know, hearing in, inside the womb, John hearing the voice of Mary excited him and caused him to begin to leap inside his mother's womb. And so we really see that children are spiritually aware as well, I believe, even from the time of conception. And, and not to get on a big tangent, but to say that these children are not living human beings and can be terminated is a horror and a disgrace, honestly, uh, to our society. It truly is. There's, there's so much. You, it's, it, even, you have to almost blind yourself to not realize that there's life there, that there's, there's thinking going on, there's reactions happening. It's all, it's all there, Right? Okay, so, so yeah, so the second thing that happens at the greeting of Mary, though, is that Elizabeth begins to prophesy about Mary that she's going to be blessed, and, uh, and this is important because there, there hasn't, spiritually, not much has happened in Israel for about 400 years. No word of the Lord has come. The, the last book, uh, Malachi, was written about 400 B.C., and there really was no prophetic voice anymore. But all of a sudden, about six months ago, Zechariah uh, sees an angel. This is, 
this, so it's you know, way out of the, the, the scope of the usual, if you will. And now the prophetic voice is beginning to return here through Elizabeth, who begins to speak forth uh, about that which is to come. And the spirit of prophecy opens the door for that. And then comes, and this will be our text, Mary's song, what is called Mary's song in the Bible. And, and this is so immediately on the heels of Elizabeth prophesying these wonderful things. Mary speaks up. And this is what she says in verse 46. And Mary said, my soul glorifies. Now, some of the older version would use uh, the word magnify. The King James and the New King James would use that. In the Latin, it's magnificat, which is sometimes you'll hear this as the magnificat. It's that terminology. If you ever hear that terminology, that's what it's talking about. Magnifies or glorifies is what it is. So my soul glorifies the Lord. And my spirit rejoices. Now, this is an interesting word, too, because this word means to jump for joy, okay? So, so have you ever felt that before? Like, you just feel like, man, I'm so excited, I just inside, my spirit is inside jumping for joy. Well, you should let your outsides know that you're inside jumping for joy sometimes, you know? I know some of you think, that pastor is so weird jumping up and down during songs in church, but, but that, to me, is the reaction of what's happening in my spirit when I glorify God, I'm just like, you know, my spirit's already jumping. The body may as well just follow along, right? And so you say I'm not a good jumper. I don't care. You know, I'm not jumping for you. I'm jumping for Jesus, right? So uh, anyway, but I love that. So it's, it's like, it, 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 and it's interesting that baby John is leaping, jumping for joy in the womb, right? <laughs> and now Mary is jumping for joy in her spirit. And I can't help but wonder as she's saying this and singing this song and, and that maybe there's some physical a manifestation of that as well. So, so again, my spirit jumps for joy in God my Savior. Verse 48, for he has been mindful of the humblest, uh, humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful, hallelujah, to Abraham and his descendants forever. By the way, you're a descendant of Abraham if you're in the family of faith. I just want to clarify that. Just as he promised our answer says, all of this is for you and me today. In Jesus' name, let's pray. Lord, speak to our hearts, and I just pray that even through this message, our hearts indeed will also be jumping for joy at the revelation of the things that you have for us from this text. Thank you for these words that were recorded for us in the Gospel of Luke. And now as we look at it a little deeper, I pray that you will begin to stir our hearts to a newfound level of praise, a newfound level of worship in this place together. In Jesus Christ's name, if you agree, just say amen. Amen, amen. amen. So, uh, uh, you know, after Thanksgiving, we had a great Thanksgiving. I talked about that last week. But after Thanksgiving, uh, just to be honest, I got a little bit ill. And it wasn't a food thing at all, our, you know, because not everybody got sick. So it wasn't like something bad was cooked in the house. But, but I just got, I honestly got really sick. I, I lost my appetite. I, uh, you know, I won't go into details. You don't need them. But just it was not a pleasant uh, 
bit of time. And, and, uh, and so that was, and then so last Sunday, I was still a little bit shaky, but you know, and I was trying not to get too close to anybody in case I had stuff that could be shared. I didn't want to share it. But anyway, come, come about Monday, I was feeling better, but I still didn't have much of an appetite. And, uh, and so, uh, and, and besides that, I, I'm also, and I, I apologize because I'm, I'm like a, I'm like a roller coaster in this. I'm trying again to lose weight. <laughs> it's like I do really good for a little while, and then I'll, then you know, Halloween comes, and there's just piles of candy. So <laughs> I just lose my mind. I can't tell. But, so uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm trying. And so, so anyway, uh, it comes to Monday night, and uh, Rhonda says, uh, I was thinking about making some turkey soup for dinner, which, you know, obviously. And so I said, that sounds great. And I was thinking for two reasons. Number one, uh, soup would be lower in calories. Number two, it would be a little bit easier on my stomach, which wasn't quite 100%. And so she makes this soup, and, and it was really quick. I mean, she put it together fast, and it smelled great. And so I, I came to the table and poured a bowl, and I sat down, and we, we prayed over our meal, and then I began to eat. And, and I was like, from the first sip of this soup, and it was, the, honestly, it was the best soup I think I've ever had in my life. It was so good. I, I just was like, what is going on? This is amazing soup. And uh, I, honestly, I just thought, I, you know, I just wasn't expecting much, I guess. I mean, I, when Rhonda makes soup, it's usually, it's good. She's a good cook, but it's just like, ah, soup's not, you know, soup's not steak. Can I just say it, all right? So it's not, it's, uh, it's not always that exciting, so anyway, I'm having this amazing soup, and I'm thinking, wow, I could eat this more often. And this would be good because it would probably help me to lose weight if I was to eat more soup. And, and so I was, I was pretty excited about all that, thinking, man, we ought to have more turkey soup. Or, you know, I was thinking, it doesn't need to be turkey. But anyway, so the next day, I'm sitting in my office, and I hear Rhonda talking on the phone to someone. And I'm, I'm not trying to listen to her conversation, but I just happened to hear this part of the conversation. And she's talking to someone, and she says, yeah, I made turkey soup last night. And she says... Yeah, and I decided to take the leftover gravy and put it in the soup. And that's it. Yeah, so there's that. Man, it was so good, though. So yes, I want more soup, but no, I don't think that's going to be a locale solution to my, <laughs> my problem, putting gravy in it. But man, it was so good. It was so good. I'm telling you guys. It was, you know, oh, oh just, I'm, sal I'm salivating right now. Okay. But, but my point in my little silly story there is to say that sometimes the reason things are so good is really hidden from us. And that sometimes we don't know what's going on under the surface, but, but even... We, and even right now, we don't know all the things. And I was speaking with someone uh, earlier before service that, that there, there's sometimes there's circumstances in our life that don't look so good. And we're thinking, eh, I don't know about this. And, but yet, under the surface, things that we can't see, that's where God is working a lot of times. And it just takes time for that to come to pass. And so we end up uh, with, the, with some God soup that is so good <laughs> because there's something hidden that you don't know about, if that makes sense. And so this is true of Mary. And in, in, these, in this atmosphere of worship uh, that she begins to exude immediately, she sings in this song. And I, to me, there are three themes that there's much more to it. But there's three major themes that come out uh, and three reasons to worship him that Mary mentions. And each of these she'll mention twice uh, in one form or another. Uh, if you kind of look back at your text, you'll see in the first, verse 48, he's, she says, he's been mindful 
And then in verse 54, she uses the word remembering. So we're going to talk about God being mindful. And then in verse 50, she says his mercy extends to those who fear him. And then in verse 54 again, she says he, he is merciful, remembering to be merciful. And then in verse 49, she says he is mighty. And in 51, she says he has performed mighty deeds. So we're going to talk about a God who is mindful, is merciful, and is mighty. Are you ready? Now, this is going to be an interactive sermon today. There's going to get points that we're going to get to, and I'm going to ask you to respond in a bigger way than you're probably used to. So get your heart ready to jump for joy. Are you ready? Okay, here we go. Let's talk about the fact that God is mindful. God is mindful. Mary is expressing praise to God because he's thinking about her. He's remembering her. It's a different kind of word. We don't use it much today. I, I, we wouldn't come home for any of us from work and greet our spouse and say, my dear, I have been mindful of you today. You know, it's kind of like, you're weirdo, get out of here. Go back out and come in and talk normal. Okay, so... Um, <laughs> But the dictionary definition, straightforward, it's very, you might anticipate this, is having in mind, have it in mind. It's, the word, word in the original language, though, gives us some more insight into this, and it really means uh, to turn the eyes upon, to look upon, or to gaze upon. So there's a little bit of a different thought to that, isn't there? And so it's the same word that's used by the man in Luke uh, chapter 9, verse 38. It says, a man in the crowd called out to Jesus. He says, teacher, I beg you to look at my son or be mindful of my son. Okay? He's my only child. And, and so he's asking because this, this boy needed to be healed and G he wanted Jesus to heal him. So he's saying, would you look? And I, I think sometimes we feel like that father, don't we? We're like, we're in the middle of a situation. It's, it's troubling. And we're kind of like, God, do you see what's going on right here? Are you, are you, will you take a look into this, please? Will you look into my life? Will you look into my situation? Will you look at the circumstances that are around me right now? I really need you to take a look. And that's what we're doing when we talk to God, you know, and pray to Him is just say, come, come Lord, and look, and look at my situation. And we need to know and remember that in those hard times, God is, trust me when I tell you, He is mindful of you. He sees you. He sees what you're thinking about, and He is thinking about you. Uh, I want you to listen, just going to show you a couple more verses that kind of seal the deal and, and encourage us. Look at this from Isaiah 49. Can a mother forget the baby at her breast and have no compassion on the child she has born? The obvious answer rhetorically is what? Impossible, right? And then he continues, he says, though she might forget, even though that would be an impossibility, I will not forget you. See, listen to this. Listen to what God says about you. It's true of everyone in here. I have engraved you in the palms of my hands. That's how... That's how much he sees you all the time. That's how he's looking at, when he looks at the palms of his own hands, he's, we're engraved there. That's a God who is never going to forget us, never going to leave us alone. Psalm 25, 6 or 7. Remember, O Lord, your great mercy and love, for they are from old. Remember not the sins of my youth and my rebellious ways. According to your love, remember me, for you are good. And so, oh sure, we want God to remember uh, his mercy and love, but we also want Him to forget the sins of our youth and our rebellious ways. True? Well, guess what? I have good news. He does both perfectly. Yes, He will remember His mercy and love, and yes, He will forget and forgive. And, and His forgiveness is so incredible. Listen, we, we can't 
When we forgive, we can do our best to give it to God, and I've defined that before. But can I tell you, when God forgives, He does something that we are incapable of doing. He can actually create a situation that He can forget completely our sins. Even though we can't forget our sins, He can forget them. He, he can put them, the Bible says He puts them so far, it's from the east to the west, okay? It's the east to the west with God. It's, it's, he buries them in the sea of His forgetfulness, the Bible says. He, they're gone so far from Him, He remembers them no more. Listen, it's not because He's incapable, it's because He has chosen in His power to do something you and I can't even do, and He has forgotten our sins completely. And that's why, you know, a lot of times we're coming back to God, and, and, and oh God, and there's that time I did, and He's like, nah, I don't know what you're talking about. I really do not know what you're talking about. It's been forgiven. It's been forgotten by God. Take it to the cross. Leave it at the cross and be done with it. But He has chosen to remove those sins from us. And that's the, the wonder of a God that, that we, we are serving. I want to propose to you that God is continually thinking about you and thinking about how He can bless you. You know, He really wants to. And, and don't you love the feeling when you call someone and they say that, hey, I was just thinking about you. That's a good feeling, isn't it? Can I tell you every time you talk to God and say, Lord, if you could hear heaven, you would hear him say, I was just thinking about you, right? I was just thinking about you. Because he's always, uh, we are always on his mind. I almost launched into a Glenn Campbell song. Who, who sings that? <laughs> who sings that? You're always on my mind. Who sings that? Willie Nelson, that's it. Why did I say Glenn Campbell? I don't know. Okay, Willie Nelson. Boy, that's a mess for me to... <sighs> I need to stop and ask for forgiveness right now. <laughs> How about it, though? Are you excited that God is thinking about you? He's mindful of you, right? It's not just Mary, it's you too. And so, so this is where we're going to get a little bit interactive here, because it's, it's such an amazing thing. It's a wonderful thing. And I apologize if you're all settled and you get your Bible on your lap. I'm going to ask you to set stuff aside for a minute. I'm going to ask everybody to stand in this room right now. And we're going to stop, and we're going to do what's called a praise break for just a short period of time. We're going to lift strong praise to God because He's thinking about us. Come on, lift your voice with mine. Let's praise Him today. Thank you, Lord, that you are thinking about us, that you are mindful of us, that, Lord, we matter to you, that we're engraved on the palms of your hand that we can't get off of your mind. And that, Lord, you've forgiven our sins and you've been merciful to us. We praise you for these things. What an amazing God you are. We thank you that we are in your thoughts and that, God, when we lift our voice to you, you are right there every time. Thank you you're watching over our lives that you pray. God, you, you help us in times of weakness. We praise you today. We give thanks to you in Jesus Christ's name. Amen? Amen. You may be seated. Now you know where I'm going with this. We're going we're gonna to do it again in just a moment here. But God is always, has always got us on His mind. He cares for us. Now Mary talks also about His mercy. He is merciful. The, the mercy is defined by the idea of kindness or goodwill toward us. It's, it also carries, this is what's great about it though, is that it carries a desire on God's part to, to fix what's wrong. Like, I love that. Because mercy, could, I think, in our language can seem rather passive. But this is a very active thing. It's a, it is an active word. Mary is praising God for His mercy because God is not just standing back being mindful thinking about us, right? But He's also preparing to do something about it. 
He's, he's, got, he's got mercy as well. It's like you, can, you could know something but not do anything about it, but mercy will, will press you to do something about it. When I was 18 years old, I, uh, I was a lifeguard for a summer. I know you can tell by looking at me because that, you know, it's obvious, right? But, but I would... Uh, I would stand, uh, you know, sometimes along the edge of the pool. This was, this was for summer camp in our denomination. We had a big camp and a big giant pool and lots and lots of kids at different, you know. And uh, I would stand there or sit on my, my lifeguard chair and watch over these kids and people for hours a day. In many ways, it was super boring. Uh, 99% of it was disciplinary, <laughs> right? You'd be just like, shut up, stop it, quit running, you know. You know, no more belly flops. Okay. Actually, I enjoyed those, so that was cool. But um, especially when they were unintentional, those are the best. I'm sorry. Anyway, <laughs> the kids who did it on purpose are like, are oh, you just showing off? But anyway, okay. So, but, but, the, but even though my job was relatively boring and just, you know, stuffy, like, uh, I feel like I'm just parenting a hundred kids here. But, but the thing was, is, uh, is that the swimmers were glad that I was there because I was mindful of them, right? I was watching them. I was seeing them. And then, then there was this day that came, one day, when this young girl, she was probably eight or nine years old, and uh, she shouldn't have been in the deep end, apparently, didn't know how to swim. And, and I, uh, I was, it was one of the times, uh, and it was good that it was, because I happened to get down, and I was walking around the pool, and I had walked around the deep end, and I was coming back toward the shallow end and watching as I'm going across. And, and it just, there's like 60 kids in this pool. I kid you, and it was just tons of kids. And as I'm walking along and trying to be observant, all of a sudden I look down, and I see this girl, and I, you could look, like I could see down into the water a little bit, and she's looking up kind of through the water with eyes as big as saucers and I don't know how long she's been bobbing there but she is panicked she's over her head and all the kids around her are playing and nobody's noticed that she is actually drowning right there in that moment I mean she is looking terrified and so and I and it's like and you you know I, I rehearse that in my mind sometimes and I think man if I if I just hadn't have been there at that moment you know what I'm saying I, you know, you learn CPR and all that stuff, but it's like, I, I just hate to think that it would have gotten that far. But anyway, even though, like, she's losing it there, she was super close to the edge. I don't even know if she realized how close she was. With probably a little bit of effort, she could have figured it out herself, but she was panicked, panicked. And so I'm, I'm like, walking up, and I see her, and I, I move quickly down, and, and the first thing they teach you as a lifeguard is if you, if you can avoid going in the water, do so, because it's always better. And so she was close enough, I just reached way out, grabbed her arm, and pulled her up, and threw her up, and she's coughing and gagging, and she's just, you could tell she's frightened, and after she gets some air, she begins bawling, and she's crying, and it's a, it's a terrible thing, you know? And, uh, and, and so in that moment, it, it's like... Um, She's frightened, but she's okay, right? She's okay. And so, so you know, you know you, do you think it would have been enough for her, uh, for her lifeguard to, to see her and just, just say to her, hey, girl, I see you there. I, I see you. I see your struggle that you're in. That, that's not going to work, is it? And so I just want you to know that we're taking this a next step. God sees you, yeah, but He's also a merciful God. And He doesn't leave people out there drowning. He reaches out. He reaches out for us. He's after us. And so God is saying, I'm, not only can I see you, but I'm, not only am I looking upon you, not only do I remember you, but I am merciful. 
And so don't you praise God that when you were drowning in the deep end of life, that he reached out a hand and grabbed you by the hand and pulled you up on the bank of that pool and said, catch a breath here. <laughs> I got a life for you. I don't want you to despair. And that happens to us not just in salvation, but it happens many times in our lives as we face difficult things, isn't it? Where God is constantly, He's just reaching out. He is reaching out. He is reaching out. It's the mercy of God that doesn't let us drown. And I don't know if you got in the deep end by accident in your life or by, uh, on purpose, you know what I'm saying? Because some people just think, I can, I can handle this. I can handle this sin. And we end up in a place we never thought we'd go. Right? I don't care how you got there. Either way, God's a merciful God. You know, He really is. And I think about my life before Christ. I think I can see God reaching out for me at different times in my life. I, I, I don't know whether I should tell this story. How are we doing on time? Are we okay? Can I tell you a story? Okay. If the service goes too long, just remember you said it was okay if I told you this story. So, um, I, was, uh, I think I was about 10 years old. Uh, or so, and we had a family reunion of my mom's family in Maine. And uh, why do people live there? It's a beautiful state, but there are so many bugs. Oh, the mosquitoes have mosquitoes. There's so many. They're, and and no seums, and they're just bugs. There's so many bugs there. So anyway, we're we're in Maine. We're at a relative's house. There's a big yard, and we're playing frisbee. And as nightfall is coming, the mosquitoes are coming out. And, uh, you know, and even though you put some stuff on, you're like, ah, ah, just fighting them off and trying to have fun. And you throw the Frisbee, you go halfway across and get loaded down with mosquitoes and fold it. No, that isn't true. I just made that up. But anyway, so, um, so anyway, we're playing and there's so many bugs and it's late and, oh, but they do have lightning bugs. So those are cool. Uh, anyway, so, <laughs> so these mosquitoes are all around your face and it's like about ready to go in. And all of a sudden, one of them, it's not a big deal, I know, but I'm 10 years old, and a mosquito flies in my ear, which is loud, by the way. <laughs> it's really loud. <laughs> it's like, wow. And, uh, and there's a mosquito in my ear, and so I'm like, I'm slapping at it, I'm trying to get it out, and it's, I can still hear it in there. Just, but Yeah, thanks. I hey, I appreciate that. There's some mercy right there. So, so there's a mosquito in my ear. And so I, I think, well, I'm going to go in the house. And uh, I go in the house, and one of my aunts was a nurse when she was in the army. And uh, my other aunt was a pastor. She's the one that led me to Jesus. And they're there, and my mom is looking, and, and they can see down in my ear canal that there's this, they can see the part of the mosquito down there. And by now, it's it, it, it stopped moving, I think, because I've been trying to dig at it and get it. But I think in my effort, I ended up driving it further into my ear. And the aunt that was a nurse became kind of concerned. They had put some... Uh, something in my ear, I don't remember if it was oil or peroxide or something, to try to get it out, and it didn't work. They kept tipping the thing over, but they could still see it down in there. And then after, man, 10, 15, 20 minutes of this, just trying over and over to get this bug out, my Aunt Mary, who's a believer, says, because uh, they're starting to talk about taking me to the doctor or something, to emergency room to see if it's in there and get it out. My Aunt Mary says, uh, let me pray for him. And they're all standing around, and none of us are believers, just my Aunt Mary. And she says, let me pray for him. So she comes over and she prays a prayer and just asks that mosquito to be gone in Jesus' name. And so my aunt, who, the older aunt who was a, a nurse earlier in life, she looks in the ear, doesn't see the bug anymore, and says, it must have gone further in because she was an atheist. Right? So now the concern level's gone 
further higher, and, and so they take me to the emergency room, and, and the doctor goes, and, you know, you sit there a little while, and then all of a sudden they come out with the scope where they can see down deep in there, and he looks around and he says, looks fine to me, there's no bug in there. Now, all this time, I want you to know, they had been kept, kept putting a white cloth against my head and tipping it over, because they wanted to see if it came out, okay? So I, I don't know. I don't know what you think of that. Maybe it's still in my head, I don't know. But to me, as a 10-year-old boy, that was God going, I got you. <laughs> I got you. I'm here. I'm real. Don't doubt me. And I didn't receive him until I was 15, but I'm going to tell you, that, that put an indelible mark on my brain. There's a real God. And he's a merciful God, and he cares about me. Oh, can you think of those many times? Don't you feel like you ought to get up right now? Off on your feet one more time. Let's praise him for his mercy. Come on, let's do it together. Let's lift a strong voice to God. Thank you for your mercy, Lord. Thank you for reaching out to us. Thank you for loving us enough, Lord, that, that when we were in a position where we couldn't do anything for ourselves, you reached out, you saw us. Lord, I can think of countless stories, even before I knew you, of times that you came along and reached out to me. And God, you've done it since I've known you as well. Time and time again, I've seen you reach out. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your care for me. Thank you that you're a miracle working God and that you do these things for us. We praise you. Come on, let it be a good strong praise break. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We praise you in this house today in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Wow. So God, again, God is mindful. He sees it. God is merciful. He's got the heart to do something about it. But what makes it really all come together is this other thing that Mary begins to praise him for is that he is a mighty God. Aren't you glad for a mighty God today? Aren't you glad for a powerful God? He's able, this is the thing about God, he's able to deliver on his promises. He's able to do it. He can do it. He will deliver. He is, the, the word mighty is able, capable, powerful. It's related to the word, uh, a lot of people talk about dunamis in the Greek, where we get the word dynamite, but it is a, it's a related word to that. It, it says in verse 51 that he performed mighty deeds with his arm, all right? It's interesting how often this idea in the Old Testament, and then Mary brings it into the New Testament, that it's God's arm. It is just like that lifeguard reaching out. And, and there are many, many references in the Bible, especially again in the Old Testament, to not only God's arm, but his right arm. It's his right arm. Let me show you uh, just three verses, but there's so many of them. But Psalm 17, 7, Show the wonder of your great love, you who save by your right hand those who take refuge in you from their foes. Psalm 18, 35, You give me your shield of victory, your right hand sustains me, you stoop down to make me great. Wow! Come on. Psalm 98, 1-3, sing a new song to the Lord, for He has done marvelous things. His right hand and His holy arm have worked salvation. Now, if you're a left-hander, you're going, uh, what about us? No, 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 don't take, don't take this personal. You might be wondering, why is it God's right hand? I'm going to tell you why. Because if you saw into heaven right now, and you saw the throne of God with the Father seated in the center, you would look to His right hand, and you would see the Son of God, Jesus Christ, seated there. That's how God does that. That's the salvation of God. That's the might of God. That's the power of God embedded in His Son. And so when He's reaching out to you, it's His Son, Jesus, that's doing the reaching, let me tell you right now. And so we're glad that it's the right hand of God. We're glad that it's the right 
right arm of God. Mary knew who God was. She, she Listen again to all the things she says about the God she knew. He's mindful of her, his, uh, the humble servant. He has helped the servant, his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful. He has lifted up the humble. He's done great things. He's performed mighty deeds. He's merciful to those who fear him. He's filled the hungry with good things, scattered those who are proud, brought down rulers from their thrones, and sent the rich away empty. Mary's God is the same God who created the world, who brought the plagues upon Egypt, that delivered his people out of Egypt through a sea that was dry, and then when they got to the other side, it's the same God that caused that sea to collapse down upon their enemies. He's the same God who brought his people into their inheritance. He's the same God who flattened the walls of Jericho and who brought down giants when a young man in the name of the Lord just took a stone and went after it in Jesus' name. He's the same God who when the prophet says, show me your glory, show me yourself, Lord, and he showed himself to, to Moses. He showed himself to the prophet through, through uh, the, the, the whisper in the cave. He's the same God that has done all those things and he will deliver his people and he will do it again in Jesus' name. He will do it again. Hallelujah. Mary is saying this. She's saying, he's not just thinking about me and he's not just merciful and wanting to help me, but he has the power and is reaching out right now, his right arm of power, for he is a mighty God. Doesn't that make you want to take another praise break? Come on, let's get up one more time. Let's begin to praise him. The arm of the Lord is not short. He is reaching out in power. He is capable. He is able. He is powerful. And his right arm is victory. Thank you for Jesus, Lord. Thank you for the glory of who you are. Thank you for helping us to praise you with power and praise you with strength in this moment for what you have done for us and continue to do. What an amazing God you are. Thank you that your arm is not short. Thank you that you are not withholding anything from us, but you are bringing every good thing that we need. Sickness must go in the name of Jesus. Depression go in the name of Jesus. Sin be gone in Jesus' name. God will be praised and he will show himself powerful. Hallelujah. One more time, a strong voice to God. Lift praise. Hallelujah. Praise you, God. Praise you, God. Woo! Oh, we're not done, but sit down. Okay. See, we're working towards something here. It's getting good, isn't it? I have one more thing I want to say, and to do that, I have to go back into the text before the text that we read today, and I'll have it on the screen for you. Luke one thirty nine through 45. So this is the, the prelude, if you will, to her song. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried, herself, or hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. I love that. In a loud voice, think about it, in a loud voice she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord would come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ear, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who believed that the Lord will fulfill His promises to her. What we need to see here is that Mary leaves to visit Elizabeth very soon after hearing that she would become pregnant by the Holy Spirit. When she arrives, Elizabeth can feel the baby in her womb leap. And then she calls Mary, listen, present tense, the mother of my Lord. Let this start to sink into our hearts this morning. You see, at that point, Mary's already pregnant. 
But unlike Elizabeth, she doesn't have any evidence yet. There's no pregnancy test in those days, you know. There, her, she, there hadn't been enough time for her monthly cycle to have stopped. And unlike Elizabeth, who could feel the baby's movement, there was nothing. There was no evidence whatsoever. Nothing. Except this moment. Listen to me, church. <laughs> this is what we need to hear today. When you're somebody who can sing songs of praise for God's fulfilled promise in your life before you see anything, come on, that's when you're beginning to understand faith-filled worship. That's what we're after. That's right. Now, now listen, in two weeks we're going to study Zechariah's song. Zechariah also will sing a song when John is born. It's a wonderful song in its own right. And we're going to get after worship some more in that week. I want you to know. But, but here's the thing. It is sung after he's seen the answer. You understand? And, and yes, I have no problem with that. We ought to be rejoicing when we've seen the answers. We ought to thank God all the time for every answered prayer and every answered thing that He's done for us. But however, when we learn how to be people who front load our worship, you understand what I'm saying? We front load our worship and our praise to Him. That's when we begin to truly see the power of praise and worship in our life. That's the kind of people that God is raising up here at Praise Center. Isaiah speaks of the birth of Christ six to seven hundred years before it happens. This is what he says in Isaiah 9 2. He says, The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. This describes the whole world living in and walking in continual darkness and sin without hope. But then, don't you know, 2,000 years ago, a star appeared <laughs> in the darkness. A star appeared. The star was not that great light he spoke about, it only pointed them to the great light. It pointed them to the great light. Mary receives this promise from God in the time of the darkness. In the time when the, the prophetic word had stopped. That's when she sings her song. She sings her song before she can see a thing. Before she can feel a thing. She's singing. Why don't you stand with me one more time? Even when I don't see it, you're working, God. Even when I can't feel it, you're working. Hallelujah. You never stop. You never stop. Thank you for listening to Praise Center's Sermon of the Week. Don't forget, for more information, visit PraiseCenterOnline.com.